the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to this week's edition of Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Uh, I'm still pissed off. Uh, I mean, upset. (laughs) Forgot there's certain words we can't say here. Uh, I'm flustered. I'm really flustered about what I'm seeing happen to this great American country in two days. In two days, we had a president of the United States of America with a stroke of a pen eliminate tens of thousands of jobs. We told you this. We told you this about this guy. If you elect this guy, who I believe doesn't even know he's president, probably that he would go about systematically deconstructing America. And I want to really quickly, before I introduce who's my, who my guest host is, is this week, and I'm going to play this for our, our, our first guest today, too. But I want you to hear this. After 10, 11 months of, being, of, of people losing their business, losing their livelihoods, losing their lives, this is what our newly elected president of the United States of America had to say. If we fail to act, there will be a wave of evictions and foreclosures in the coming months as this pandemic rages on. Because there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. Are you kidding me? There's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of this virus. After 10 long, 11 long months of people losing it all, we elect a guy who has no clue of what to do, or even the people around him. Guys, I'm so excited about the president and co-founder of Matrix Home Solutions. You guys, he's been here before. He was here about a a month ago, maybe a month or two months ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick Richmond, back in as guest co-host. Hey, hey, thank you. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. What do you think about that? No, I Nick, you've you have friends. Oh yeah, who've lost so much. What do you what, what goes through your mind when you hear the, the the newly elected president of the United States make that statement? You know, all I can think about is what I've been thinking, which is that people need to start thinking for themselves. They need to take control of their lives and appreciate the fact that the politics that surround all this are really messy. You know, people they voted for this man not because they love America. You see people who voted for Trump, they voted for Trump because they love America, right? Yeah. People who voted for Biden, they voted for him because they hate Donald Trump. Yeah. And this virus from the outset, like we talked about earlier, we know what it was all about. Mm-hmm. 
you know, or at least we know how it was uh, polarized. Never let, never let a good crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard for me to really go too deep into thinking about it because the reality is it's almost impossible. Yeah. It's impossible to contest, to contain. You know, all we can do is our best. And for those people who are staying focused, they're, they're thriving right now. For yeah. Those people who are getting sucked in by all the negativity and allowing it to ruin their lives, they're suffering. Yeah. So I think it's time for people to step up and take control of their own destiny. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. But, you know, Nick, we're being told that, you know, those who supported Donald Trump need to be deprogrammed. We need to, to figure out, we, we need to, to basically forget that Donald Trump was ever president. And we need to go through some, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing something that happened many, many decades and de- decades ago about individuals who did something to certain people. I mean, is that what they're trying to say about those of us who, who st- I still support President Trump. I wish he was still president today. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have what we've seen in the last three, four days happen. We wouldn't have had 25,000 troops staged in, West, in, 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 in Washington, D.C., then sleeping in a parking garage. I'm fit. To be tired, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this foolishness. I'm sick of people who have no clue about politics just going to the poll, voting for idiots to be our elected leaders. And that's the, that not, that's not just D.C. That's all over in America. I'm gonna, sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm no, fired I'm, up, Nick. I'm fired up, too. I'm fired up, too, but I'm trying to control it. I'm trying to control it because I don't. See, I came here today thinking, how do we put a positive spin on what's happening, right? You said that. What else can we do? We can continue to wallow in it like we've been doing, and we can continue to hope and pray that something good is going to happen, that somehow good will prevail, people will be held accountable, but has it happened? Yeah. You know, well, at the end of the day, the only truth that really exists is when you look at yourself in the mirror yeah. and the person that's staring back at you. Yeah. And people need to start thinking that way. That's the way I've always that's, thought quite candidly. I like that. I've never had a dependency on the government. I look back at my life, I can't really cite one example of when the government did something for me. Yeah. You understand? Uh-huh. Now, it's important, and I pay attention to it, now more so than before. <laughs> I have a successful business, yeah. I have three children, I have a family. So, obviously, my life has changed. I became a little more cognizant of what's happening. But what we're seeing are people that are running this country, they're running it rampant, beyond reproach, okay, with no guardrails yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. And at every pass... When they are doing things that are criminal, mm-hmm. we're getting the finger, okay, out the window. We are. And is in, in, in an egregious fashion, okay? So what else can you do but just put blinders on and get focused on your life and the things that you can control? Yeah. Uh, be, before we get to our guest, uh, I got a good friend that's, that's, that's on the line, Mark Vargas. Mark, welcome back to Black and Right, buddy. John, Nick, how are you guys? I'm just listening and uh, always a big fan of your show. I just wanted to call and say hello and keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, and, and, and Mark, you've, you've been there. You've been on that front line with President Trump and, and fighting that fight. How, what, what, I mean, how does, this, how does it make you feel to see what's happening? Just with, with the stroke of a pen, just this president making ill-advised decisions because Canada didn't even know that he was, they didn't give him a heads up or anything. How does, how does all of this Sit with you, sir. Well, President Biden is making records, but not in a good way in terms of losing jobs. Uh, and our, our country's divided. We've got this pandemic. And the Senate Democrats, the House Democrats, President Biden, they're focused on impeaching a man who's no longer 
president. So I, I pray for our country. Uh, I think it's time for us to continue to fight back. Uh, we're being silenced on social media. Yes. Uh, it, this is this is a tough time to be a Republican and a conservative. Uh, but uh, I still, as Ronald Reagan used to say, America is still that shining city on a hill. Yes. I uh, served in combat as a civilian, deployed to Baghdad 14 times. I have a unique perspective. This is still, we are still, even in these dark times, still the greatest country on the planet. There it is. Mm-hmm. My man. <laughs> I like that. My man, Mark Vargas. Mark, thanks so much for calling into the show. And uh, we got to reschedule that meeting that we couldn't have Friday. Of course. Anytime, my friend. Take yes, care, guys. Thank you. You know, you, you, I mean, that's basically what you were saying, Nick. That's, we we got to put that spin. That was that positive spin. Well, right? you know, we're <laughs> there's guys like us who think the way we do, who have been spouting off about what's going on for quite some time now and stating it very well, very articulately in a way where it's, you know, anybody who's listening that has common sense can understand what, what it is we're facing. But what has it done for us, right? I mean, at the end of the day, my solution is quite simple. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But if everyone in America were to take these little devices right here uh-huh. and throw them simultaneously <laughs> into a big, deep hole, yeah. okay, and bury them. Yeah. And we went back to the old school way of doing things where there was dialogue, where if, yeah. you, want, if, you, if you want to get a hold of somebody, you had yep. to pick up the phone and call them. Yeah. And if they were available and they were there, they'd answer. Yeah. But if not, they, would, they wouldn't, yeah. you know, and you'd leave a message. We don't have that dialogue we anymore. Don't. We're being influenced and brainwashed by all these forces. That's true. By these monopolies, quite frankly. So, Last time I was here, we called. We talked about the propaganda machine. Oh, my God. I mean, it, that, that thing is overheating right now. It is. Um, you know, our, we, we got our first guest on the line today, um, Ryan Rhodes. I mean, he is, he is like an experienced director of government affairs. This guy, uh, I hope he comes uh, back to Illinois and really helps us fix this state. I don't know if he wants to come back to fix this state. <laughs> Maybe too, too tough of a job. Yeah, too tough of a job. Uh, he's also the, um, uh, I believe, the president of Capcore Strategies. Um, Ryan Rose, welcome to Black and Right for the first time. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks hey, for having me. I'm doing well. Hey, look, I just want to let you know at the offset, we got about 45 seconds, so we'll, 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 we'll come back after the break and really dig into some things. But in 30 seconds, talk to the people. Who is Ryan Rhodes? Well, you know, I mean, I grew up in the Tea Party movement. I mean, that's really where I kind of started uh, after college and everything. Uh, it just felt like I had to do something. And then uh, one thing led to the other. And, and the thing about that was uh, when you start helping get people elected and change, and I'm originally I'm from Iowa. Yes. So, so uh, I did a lot there to, uh, to grow people, but just the Midwest. Uh, and then getting out there on a little larger scale, congressional, senatorial, gubernatorial races, and really trying to you know push on our government so that we actually had voices that didn't just go on Fox News and say they supported us, but then behind the closed door Republican meetings threw us under the bus, but actually are going to be there to stand with us as we wow. try to fix the country. Now you see why I wanted this guy on the show. Uh, he had an up-close vi- view with what happened in D.C. with the president and all that. Uh, when we come back from the break, more with Ryan Rhodes of Capcore Strategies. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my guest co-host, the man, the president, <laughs> <laughs> President Day, Nick Rhodes. 
Uh, Richmond. Sorry, uh, Nick Richmond. Ryan Rhodes. I mean, look at this, man. I know. Matrix Home Solutions. Thanks for the representation. Yeah, looks good, doesn't Beautiful. It? Yeah. So if you're just joining us, we were um, before the break, we were speaking with Ryan Rhodes. He's the... Ryan, are you the president of CapCore Strategies? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, is, is it Tea Party, former Tea... Still Tea, tea Party member, uh, although it's been kind of pushed away um, over the years. I think the Trump phenomenon really kind of overtook the Tea Party. Right? Well, certainly. Yeah, certainly. I think it's I think it's really just what it is, is talking about uh, uh, building up our nation and, and really, uh, you know, having those conservative principles that are actually uh, that are actually held to uh, as we go forward and uh, and that lift people up instead of just giving them a handout. Yeah. So, right. I, I saw that I saw your video that you posted about um, the presidential farewell um, address. What was it? What was it like? Paint that picture for the people that weren't there. What was it like to know in your mind that this was the last time you would be seen? I think one of, he's going to go down as one of the greatest presidents we ever had. Um, leaving onto that, I believe he got on the Air Force. Air Force I don't know what he, what he got he on did. the Force. Whatever he got on. He got, um, he got an Air Force One. If Air, the Air president's one. on the plane, it's Air Force One. Yeah. So. What was it like to, to know and see that this would be the last time you would see him as president of the United States of America? You know, it was. Uh, I went there obviously uh, knowing it was going to be, you know, a different kind of uh, event at the end. And and really, you know, I'd done a lot of trips with them before. Um, I think really when it hit was just watching that door close on that plane take mm-hmm. off, just realizing, you know, that was that last trip there. And now, you know, we're going to have to, you know, we're not, we don't have the White House right now. Yeah. Uh, um, Regardless of what uh, what went on, they they're in it. Biden got Biden's Biden's sworn in, and uh, you know now he's uh, now he's out there and demanding unity, but at the same time coming after everybody who dared even Ugh. even help the man and 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 help and help the man help the country. And yeah. that was I think that's the thing. But it was you know it was a good uh, it was a good event event. It was good to see. Um, people you know that had, had been there through it uh i know everybody won you know there's more people i'm sure that would have wanted to come uh but it was nice to be able to be a part of that um as a final send-off as as sad and disappointing as it was to uh not be able to have four more years to continue doing the work that uh that we laid out wow how's it going ryan this is nick nice to meet you sir good good nice to meet you hey you know there's a lot of talk about and I don't know if the rumors or if it's true, but there's a lot of discussion about Trump's plans. Did, did you hear any whispers there about what he might be thinking going forward and in the direction he might be heading as far as uh, politically? You know, I think uh, I think we'll uh, we'll find that out more. Um, he's going to keep that pretty uh, close to his chest. Uh, but obviously, you know, he has uh, he has he's who he is. You know, I don't think there's going to be any idea uh, that that he's not going to have some involvement uh in how things move forward, you know, I think we're also uh, gonna gonna have to go and, and see what happens uh, as he goes to the Senate because they just won't stop attacking him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which is also going to uh, it's going to mean he has to decide. You know, he has to take each thing at a time, and he has to continue fighting them just like he fought them for four years. And uh, what that means in these two, in this two and four week period right now uh, is different between what that means six months from now. Um, so, so hey, Ryan, hey, Ryan, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you, do you yeah. think he should fight this impeachment or and, and just I mean, I'm, I'm trying to I'm going through my mind 
you know, I'm I, I'm asking myself, how can you impeach somebody who's no longer because an impeachment is a political tool. So why fight? Why take that fight instead of just saying, you know what, I'm not doing it. Let's take it to the Supreme Court. Well, there's a few reasons. One, um, one, he it's who he is. He's going to fight. He's going to get out there. And I think that everybody who's uh, been with him knows the reason they stood there is because he was going to fight, uh, fight for them uh, as president. And I think people people want to see him push back. They want to see him let these uh, let these folks know that you know he's uh, proud of what he did for four years, yeah. and they're not going to get to tarnish that in a matter of two weeks. Yeah. Um, and I, and so I think, I think that's what's, what'll, what'll be good going forward. And I think people need to still see that, uh, that and, uh, and, and see what he decides to do afterwards. Right. If you just join us, we're talking with Ryan Rhodes, president of Capcore strategies. Um, you know, tea party, great guy, just somebody who, who really understands the lay of the land when it comes to politics. But, you know, I, I think back on, on president Trump and his four years in office, and then I think back on the last three presidents who had 24 years. What made Trump so effective in four years and then those three in 24 years? You know, I, I think it was the, the going in with the plan, having specific things that were set to do and just never, you know, every roadblock that got put in the way, never, uh, never backing down and moving forward. And the other thing was, is that he built, such a brand, yes. such a loving base of people that all these representatives that never had a spine and are starting to lose their spine now, those people were not necessarily on board with us, but they were so worried that he would fight them if they got in the way of the things he was doing mm. for the people. They weren't able to take that battle. So he used the power of the bully pulpit yeah. in a way that nobody ever has. Some people won't want to want to go after him for that, but the truth is, is he was able to do things that nobody else was to, able to do, in spite of unprecedented and probably never before or since seen opposition. What should happen to the ten Republicans that voted for impeachment, and what should be the message for those in the Senate who are even considering um, voting to convict him for, for impeachment? What should be that message? Well, I think I think, and this is this is the key. One is that they basically criminalized a rally. Mm-hmm. We've had Tea Party rallies where we talked about running to that Capitol and letting them know how they did, what they were going to say. And every single one of us knows that we get to talk peaceably to our representatives, right. and all of a sudden, not being able to do that because of it and criminalizing that aspect is just wrong. Yes. And so the message to them should be: we still are going to have a voice. You don't get to shut it down. We're going to, you know, we're going to talk about primarying you and you better have an explanation that it was this was more than just a vendetta vendetta or anything else. And do you really know what you've done to to the speech that's going on, to shutting stuff down before, as opposed to just dealing with these idiots who went in and did something that was just wrong and that we've all condemned as wrong? We all did. And 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 and, uh, I don't want you to convict me. I want you to say anything that might get you in trouble. Uh, if you were there, hypothetically, um, because because I have friends that were there and they said that it was a mixture. I think it was 90 something plus percent Trump supporters. But I also think there yeah. was a small contingent of Antifa, um, some aspects of BLM. Um, and I think I think so many people, you know, when they look at what happened there, to your point, we can talk to our representatives. 
But what's next? How do we push beyond and fix? Because there's going to be a gaping hole. If any Republican goes after and says Trump, President Trump is not wanted in this party, I think the Repu- you, can, you can kiss the, the Republicans winning anything goodbye for the next couple of decades. What say you? Well, for one, I, I was actually not there because I was still I had finished up in Georgia and we were still knocking doors uh, and I had teams out there until uh, late in that election night, um, you know, when the polls closed. So I was in Georgia and I was unable to make it back. Um, but I know a lot of people were there and I, I would agree with your assessment. I do think there were some people that stirred that extra up. But I think the idea is, is that Trump was somebody who captured this this frustration with people who could go in these people weren't listening okay yeah and i think we're going to have to go and it doesn't mean that we move beyond and there's no more donald trump but we're going to have to go and we're going to have to demand that leaders pick up where was left off and pick up a movement that says we're not here to just roll over when they cancel the keystone pipeline roll over when they say we're going to advance legislation that's going to codify Roe v. Wade. We're going to roll over when they all of a sudden say that there are no women's Ooh. sports, and they basically take that out. We are not going to do that. Our movement is here to push back and to Come stop the, uh, the, the march of this socialism. And it's beyond just socialism. Socialism is just a construct of there. This is absolutely going after the underpinnings of our Christian nation. There you have it. Fundamentally trying to transform America. There you have it. Ryan Rose, president of CapCore Strategies. Thank you so much for joining Black and Right. And when you're ever in Illinois, look me up up and come come into the studio, okay? Would love to. All right. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 City Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my guest co-host, Nick Richmond, president of Matrix Home Solutions, uh, a huge sponsor of AM560, The Answer. Yes, sir. So, an amazing dude, you know. I got got a chance to meet you at Freedom Summit. And we had a ball up there. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. We had such a great time to hear, you know, truth speakers, people who love this country, um, who who want to make, who want to see the best for this country, just like you. You want you right? Authenticity is hard to find nowadays, yeah, isn't it? It is. It really is. And and you know, I, I was listening to Steve Cortez, the Steve Cortez show on Thursday night. I'm driving, and I heard. Um, Steve played this 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 audio clip uh, from um, I think his name is Eugene Robinson. He's a he's a writer for the Washington Post, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let you this I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you listen, and I want to hear mm-hmm. what you, hear what you have to say about this. There are millions of Americans, um, uh, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who somehow need to be deprogrammed there it, it, it's as if they don't they they they're members of a cult the trumpist cult uh and and we have to be deprogrammed do you have any idea how we <laughs> how we start that process even much less complete it wow do well, you as have- ryan rhodes pointed out i mean this is a a battle between good and evil at yeah. this point I mean, I don't even think it's Republican versus Democrat. It's, I agree. It's, it's good versus evil. It is. And what do I have to say about that? I mean, what's the measuring stick for that comment? Okay. How does he ascertain 
who deserves or needs to be reprogrammed and who doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're asking about me personally, yeah. I'm from Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a pretty challenging from town to come from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I grew up around all walks of life. I yeah. was I, I was friends with all walks of life. If it wasn't for athletics and surrounding myself with great people, with with the right mentality, I yeah. wouldn't be where I'm at today. I built a business from scratch. Yeah. A successful business and employees over 100 people. I have three beautiful children. Um, you know, we're nice to our neighbors. We're friendly with people. Uh, we, we try to do our very best to be the best we're capable of being. Why would you want to reprogram a guy like me? I'm just kind of confused by that. Yeah. When I look around. Because you're white. You have white oh, privilege. Okay. That's why. I see. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm at just, the end of the day, it's hard for me to get upset yeah. because, you know, when I lay my head down at night, what I've been doing lately, and it's, it's, it, it's, a, it's something that I think everyone should try to do. Yeah. I reflect on all the great positive things that I have going on in my life yeah. and the things that I have to be thankful for. Yeah. And I tune out that type of noise, okay, because really all it is is a distraction. And if you allow it to consume you, then who wins at yeah. that point? Who has the upper hand at that point? Yeah. Right? I agree. That's just noise. Right. Okay? That's all that is. Yeah. And, and, and that noise comes to distract, right? It comes to distract. It's almost like jealousy and envy. You yeah. can be a crab in a bucket. Or you can tune it out, rise up, take control of your life. And I don't think there's anything about that that needs to be deprogrammed, reprogrammed. We need to program more people to think that way. You know, let's open up the phone lines. You know, hey, how do you feel? How did that that comment make you feel that Eugene Robinson said that you you are in a Trump cult and that you need to be deprogrammed? How does that make you feel? What are your thoughts about that? Give us a call, 312 642 5600 Three one two six four two five six zero zero, and with that we'll go with Marcus from Detroit. Marcus, welcome to Black and Right. What's going on? How you doing, John? I am doing swell. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Hey, listen, man. I, how do I feel about that? I, I feel like we need to reclaim our culture and our country back, man. Yes. We have to stop for one with self-destructive, stupid stuff. We need to stop, you know, uh, with crazy conspiracy theories we need to unite okay and you know what as much as i i I wish that obviously uh trump was in office yeah you know i can tell you that you know maybe this is a wake-up call and there's a silver lining to this maybe we now can stop looking to the one man in washington Mm -hmm. to save us come on and instead and instead focus on you know uh making an impact in our communities and our families and in the culture where real battles are fought and won are lost. We, you know, we, we need to fight, man. We need to, we need to take back. We need to get the, the left has basically, uh, you know, they, they basically won the culture. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah, we've won elections, but yes. they've won culture. Yes. We need to, we need to really start focusing on the culture. We need to start, you know, when they, when they, I remember when they lost the election and when Trump won, I mean, I don't want to take up too much time. No, go ahead. Drop, I mean, go ahead, they were out, they were they were they were out in the millions in the streets. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they were they were screaming, hopping. I mean, listen, you know what? We we have to right now that we got a country to save, man. Yes. We, we, this is a a serious time. I mean, these last three days, this is just the beginning, brother. I agree, Marcus. This Marcus, is just the beginning. Marcus, thanks so much for calling us. And and, and Detroit, Marcus. Detroit. Oh, that's, that's right. Flint. Represent. <laughs> <laughs> right, That's Detroit right. represent, baby. I like what you said. I mean, the rea- we were talking about this, yeah, right? Thanks, Marcus. I mean, now, now that Trump is gone, as sad as it is to see him go, yeah. in some ways, if we're going to try to put the positive spin on it, yeah. it makes me wonder, what are they going to focus on and talk about now? 
Yeah. You know, now granted, I'm sure we're going to continue to hear about Trump for some time. I think maybe this impeachment has a lot to do with that. It's just another distraction. Yeah. But mainstream media, social media, they're going to run out of things to talk about, and the spotlight's going to be on them. Yeah. I, I love your, because your, one of the questions you said, who will the mainstream media, media and Dems pick on now that Trump is gone? We'll talk about that when we, after the break. You're listening to the Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my buddy, Nick Richmond. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my friend Nick Richmond, president and co-founder of Matrix Home Solutions. Yes, you sir. Fun? I'm having a great time. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, you know, you, you said something during the break while we were discussing about the difference between the four years and the 24 years. Why don't you elaborate? Because I think I wanted the, the, the listening audience to hear what you had to say there. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I started a business from scratch right out of the spare bedroom of my apartment. I didn't have two nickels to rub together. And it's really hard to create value and create money out of thin air. Yeah. Luckily, I was able to accomplish that. And as a businessman, your mentality and the way you're wired is much different than that of a career politician. Good point. And so the major difference is, quite simple, Trump is a businessman. He's not a career politician. Yeah. As a business owner, there's inherent accountability that I have to face. Right. If I have more money going out than I have coming in because I am frivolous, frivolously spending money, then guess who's going to be out on the street? You. Guess who doesn't eat? Your employees. Guess you. whose bills don't get paid? Yours. Mine employees. and everybody in my yeah. organization, right? Yeah. So there's a heavy anvil over my head. Yeah. I think when Trump went into office, he looked at that and said, okay, this doesn't equate. We have yeah. to put some guardrails around how we're, we're handling this country. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you're 1,000% correct because I think he went in there with that mentality. And, and I think that's what they didn't like. I think one of the, the biggest things, I and mean, he exposed them. He exposed the political ruling class in ways that I've never seen them exposed. You know, I, I, I'm not one to, to, to beat down on people when they're down. But the whole thing with Hunter Biden, you know, I mean, he basically exposed how these politicians, kids and families and friends get rich. They send all this money, foreign countries, and then they get on these boards in foreign countries and collect all of this money. And no one reports about it. Right. It's, out, well, it's outrageous. I mean, it, it really is. I hate to say it, but a lot of people are out of touch with reality. There's theory, yeah. and then there's reality, yeah. okay? Yeah. And those two things sometimes conflict, okay? <laughs> all right? And, and when it comes to money, quite candidly, as a business owner, as a citizen, we're held accountable to a different standard, yeah. not just financially, but legally too, yeah. aren't we? I can't just print money or start taking money from people arbitrarily if I am unnecessarily or frivolously blowing my money to the point where I don't have any more, I can't make those moves, right? Yeah. But then again, the government can do the it. government can do whatever they want. And nothing happens, but you will go to jail. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, I, I know he misses me because I haven't been uh, on, on the mic, you know, since November. Philip from Blue Island. <laughs> I know you got something to say. And I know you probably because you ain't been on my show in a long time, and I'm a, I'm a little upset about that, Philip. But that's okay. Welcome, welcome, yeah. welcome back to Black and Right. Yep, yep. Uh, thank you, thank you, and, and 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 good morning, or or what is it? Good afternoon to your guest. Yes. Look, hey, um, to your guest, Trump is a business man that's unlucky mm. and loses money, and 
And for mm-hmm. him to have such a good run of the first four, first three years, well, first two years, and everything he did was working and was going good, and then the pandemic hit, and he didn't know how to handle it. He didn't know how to become a wartime president. I disagree. The, but the pandemic needed a wartime president. And, 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 and with that, after that, then, 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 then everything just kind of crumbled. Economy, jobs, yeah. everything. So, yeah. so he's, he's an unlucky businessman. Even in real business, he's mm-hmm. unlucky. He loses money. Yeah, but that, I mean, he, he's still a billionaire. He's still a billionaire. Well, hold on, Philip. I, I can get down with what you're saying. I do. I can get down with what you're saying. There's one thing about Trump as a businessman, being a businessman myself, is that his, his past, right, his career has some blemishes on it, right? I mean, he, he definitely was not a picture-perfect businessman, and, and he kind of did have some help along the way. But do we have anyone otherwise in politics with any credibility that could stand aside him? Ooh. That can stand. That, well, again, where is the credibility of these career politicians that have never uh, established or created anything in their life? What, what do they have to point to that they've done that proves they can well, lead or ooh, create? See, see, Good point. You're under the influence that he really has created something. But he's lost at everything. He's lost at states. He's lost at universities. He's lost at he's lost at everything. He's lost at. I mean, right now he's there. He's owed somebody billions, uh, not billions, but hundreds of millions of dollars. But let me let me, let me move on. I don't want to stay right there. John Anthony. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> for us to, Ouch. I, I want to be quick because you know I got a lot. To say, I know, but I want to be real quick for us to not deal with the fact, especially my white friends and, and my white Americans, mm-hmm. not to deal with the fact that there are groups or individuals that join groups like the Boogaloo and QAnon and the Bad Don't say Pride Boys. No, Pride Boys. You can't include Pride Boys with them. Yes, I can. Aryan Nation, the Order, the Nazi Party, all these different white Aryan Nation groups that are infiltrating the police, the fire department, the FBI. Hey, we agree there. I agree with you there. We're in agreement. We need to deal with them. How 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 are we a, a nation divided, right? We're a nation divided because we have these groups. Like like earlier, I heard somebody say, uh, uh, one of your callers, we got to take our country back or our culture. Or mm-hmm. what does that mean to a black person or to somebody who's, you know, I don't know if, if this white person is counting me into this culture. But can, can I, I, can, I wait, 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 Philip, Philip, Philip. Okay, you know, I I don't want to you know over the air ask how old you are, but. I think sometimes we, we get stuck in a certain certain time frame where we, we continue to say, oh, as a black person, how, you, how dare you invite me into that culture? Uh, dude, I create my own culture. Mm-hmm. Think about that, brother. You create your own culture. I'm sick and tired, and I got to go, Philip, but hey, uh, I want you to call back again, Philip. Thanks so much. But I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of people saying that black people can't create their own culture, that we can't take back our own culture or culture itself. That, that we have to live back in the 19-whatevers. For the record, Antifa.com still redirects to Joe Biden's it page. Does. Just so we're clear on that. It does, but I, I love Philip because he's always challenging me when he calls in, and I, and I really respect that. You're listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. Back to Black and White with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the El Presidente of Matrix <laughs> Home Solutions, Nick Richmond. Um, that was a interesting ending of that last segment. Um, 
I think so many times that I, I, I look at what's what's happening happened in Springfield with the Black Caucus. They didn't ask anybody for anything. They took it. And that's the reason why Chris Welch is the Illinois Speaker of the House for the House, for the House, Illinois Speaker of the House. Because they created their own culture. They determined, they decided now was their time. You know, and they took it by force. There's no way Chris Welch is Speaker of the House without them coming together saying to themselves, we've had enough. It's our time. And, and, and if we can ever get that mindset, if we can ever get that mentality as a whole, black, brown, whatever, you know the greatness that we can do in this country? That's my point. And, and I, got, I get what Philip's saying. Philip is right. Do that mean they're, they're, they're Antifa, they're, they're Black Lives Matter. There's all these other groups on all, you, you name them. You name well, mobs, everything. They're all infiltrating government. They all do. All the gangs do. That's the whole point. Because they want to understand how it works. They want to know where the, where the hidden corners. Where, where can't where can things about who I am be highlighted. So this, I know this. I know gang members that are cops. Yes, I do. Mm. Speaking of, I want to say, I want to just give a shout out to all the people that are out there protecting us. You yes, know, sir. what happened here in Illinois with that passage of that bill. Guys, we got your back. I, I'm, I, I love my men and women in blue. But I will, let's go with, uh, let's go to the phone. Thomas from Maywood. Welcome. Hello. How are you? Hi. How you doing? I am. Oh, it's my uncle. <laughs> What's up, uncle? How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Oh, you know, I, I just love listening to you because that's the key, you know, is our people, just not African-American people, but people, period, that is trying to strive to do better in America need to wake up. Yeah. You know, this is a, it's, it's a game that, that the elites are playing especially because there's only like seven of them that own almost the whole media mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. And this mind control, you know, what they're doing to make Donald Trump look like he hated black people. Yeah. And, and before Donald Trump was president, all the black rappers hung around. They and loved him. You know, I mean, it, it's just a joke because he wouldn't play the game. They decided we got to get rid of him. Yeah, I agree. But you know what? We got a lot of work to do, though. Huh? So there's a lot, a lot of work to do. And um, I know one thing: your girls are going to be in that in that fight. <laughs> Make some tough cookies. <laughs> hey, Uncle, thanks so much for calling. Yeah. Hey, let's 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 take Philip. Philip, we got about forty five seconds. Philip, uh, welcome to Black and Right. Thank you. Like your show. Uh, Thank you. I finally got something to listen to on a Saturday. <laughs> I appreciate um, it. Your last caller, your uncle, he's a hundred percent right. He kind of that's basically what I wanted to touch on because the call before that. I know he's a little racy for the show, but but he has some valid points. He did. Your uncle, your uncle articulated the reason for those points because yes. your your international banks, your Rothschild banks, have pinned everybody against each other for so many wars and for such long periods of time. It has backed multiple groups of different people into corners, yes. just like any gang would, just yes. like any uh, mafia would, on and on and on. And then, of course, we have all the different steps down the pyramid as well. And it's very unfortunate because uh, modern day, 
when you have blacks and whites and Hispanics all getting along, yeah. well, then we have right. to we have to divide them. Yeah. Hey, let's Philip, talk about five seconds. Let's talk about this and that to keep to keep them apart. Yeah. Anyway, you have a great day. Nice Thanks show. For Thanks for tuning in, Philip. Hey, you listen. Hey, that was the first hour of Black and White. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked wherever you are. Stay right where you are. Tune into the show. Second hour is coming up. I'm John Anthony. Black and right. We'll be right back. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host. I'm live in studio. I'm back. Been took a long hiatus of almost two months, basically. I left October, I mean, November 21st. My, last sh- my first show was um, last week. I'm live in the studio with my friend, president of Matrix Home Solutions, Nick Richmond. You having fun? I'm having a blast, yeah. John Anthony. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, man. You gave me, you sent me a text, what, about a month ago? Hey, I got to get back in the studio. Let's, let's, I got a lot of stuff on my mind that I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. It's nice to be here with you, and I, I like your perspective on everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the first hour, we, we, we dealt a lot with what's happening, you know, with President um, Biden and Trump and we had a you know a couple of heated moments for me, <laughs> which I I try not to do that, but sometimes my I get so frustrated because it's like the hypocrisy of what's happening in our country and in our world, and you don't really see a lot of people talking about it. You know, I mean I'm I'm looking at right now I have right in my hand right now seventeen key Biden executive actions right. Okay, we engage with the world, world, world Health Organization. Okay. We joined the Paris Climate Agreement. Why? 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 And then right under that, revoke the permit for the Keystone XL pipeline. And then pause energy leasing in Anwar up in Alaska. Dude, we were lit- literally, Trump got us energy independent. What does this do now for our country? This makes us now dependent on others. You know, I, I, I got somewhere in this stack. Did you see this? Taiwan reports large excursion by Chinese Air Force. I thought we, were respect, we weren't respected in the world when Trump was president. Do you really think that the Chinese Air Force would have even considered putting any plane up in the air, going into China, to Taiwanese Airspace, airspace? Do you really think that? Well, he wasn't in partnership with him like the Biden family, so. That's just, this is true. <laughs> but well, it, we won't talk about that. But imagine, imagine, imagine if Trump was still president. The first president who didn't take us into a war in, in, in how many years? I mean, decades? As big of a bully as he is, isn't it amazing how we didn't get into war? Yeah. But they're saber rattling already. Think about that. They're saber rattling already because they know they smell what weakness. They they feel, they feel it. They know that America's weak because you know what? This administration is going to get us into another war. Going to get us into another war. But no, Democrats thing. You know, this whole progressives they don't like war. I think they are because that's how much money is made when when 
when war is, 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 is happening throughout the world. That's a lot of money to be made. They love endless war. Endless you know, war. You and I, we talked during the break. We looked at this one, <laughs> this one executive order. I actually had a conversation with a friend. I, I can't even call her a liberal because I don't really think she's a liberal. She's, I think she's more of a classical liberal. Uh, I think because you can have a conversation with her, with her. And I had a conversation. I said, "You got to help me." I said, "Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, in my own mind, get this through an understanding of Biden's." executive order that basically allowed young girls to, you know, to young, well, trans who were men, born men who identified as women. He just wiped away any of those protections. I might still have a shot at the WNBA. Yeah. Well, because I was like, <laughs> I, I'm no, right, right, no, I, I, I seriously, man, I really wanted to get an understanding. You know, I've had, Family members. I have family members who live, uh, who are gay and, you know, I, I know friends who are trans. I mean, I, I have no disrespect towards them. And I have some of them say, that's not, that's not our fight. We don't want that fight. That's not our fight. We don't want to be able to go into a girl's locker room or a boy's locker room. That's not our fight. But that fight is being thrust upon them. I have five girls. What do you say? Well, I have one. She's three. And, I, you know, I, I think an awful lot about my children and their future. To your point, I have no issue with, uh, with people who choose to be gay or even people who want to identify as something else right. that, they're, that they weren't born as. That's, that's fine. What's going on in someone's mind isn't necessarily affecting me. But then when there's certain actions that are taking place that could touch what's most important to me in life, which is the safety and the well-being of my children, right. now we have an issue. And, you know, it's hard for me to wrap my head around the thought that my daughter may be someday, perhaps even in the near future, sharing a locker room or a restroom with a boy. Yeah. Okay. And they may have, you know, may not be all there uh, psychologically. Yeah. And that, that bothers me. And I think that's something that parents should have a say in. Yeah. I think they should have the opportunity to, to have a say in that. Um, I don't think it should be up to executive orders to to make those decisions. And okay. they and what are they using as the as the uh, hammer? But here's a federal question. funding. Here's a question though. You know, with with Nancy Pelosi saying that we can no longer use certain things, you, you're not a woman, uh, my grandmother, all that. Well, does that negate Vice President Kamala Harris being the first? Can we not now say she's the first woman to serve as vice? See, I'm. And I don't, I don't say this to be crude, mean. I'm just trying to wrap my mind around the, the moving goalposts and how quickly they move. And, and I, don't, I, I personally don't get it or understand it. And, and if somebody's listening, you want to give us a call, give us a call. 312-642-5600. 312-642-5600. I really am trying to get an understanding because I... Look, the, the double standards yes. have been... So profound. I mean, we've never seen it, I don't believe, in history before like we've seen it over the last few years. It really ever since Trump got into office, right? Yeah. And maybe it's the mainstream media, social media. Now now information's easier to obtain. Yeah. So maybe it isn't. Maybe it's been this way for some time yeah. now. 
but it, it's definitely magnified by the fact that it's right in your face. Yeah. And it's so obvious that it's hard to take these people seriously. I mean, quite honestly, like I said earlier, I, I've almost tuned it out because, like you said, the goalpost is moving so frequently yeah. that how can you ever even give credibility yeah. to that? And, and you know what, Nick? I'm, I, I say this, and I've got laughed at, but I think Trump was the last strong man. I think he was the last strong man we're going to see who really, really understood America. And, well, let, and let's see. It's going to be tough. And let's see what's ha- what happens with these policies. Let's see if, if things happen within schools, you know, hypothetically. And let's see if this blows up in their face. Yeah. Let's, let's go to the phone. Jim from South Elgin. How you doing, my buddy? Thanks so much for being a sponsor well, of the show, too. It's always a pleasure. I'm doing well. Um, you know, this, uh, uh, this thing about the gender uh, quality thing, there was a, it was a, a term that was called the Equality Act. And I tell my liberal friends, it's like all things D.C. and here in Springfield. They take a pile of poop, wrap it up, put a bow on it, put a little shampoo, a little spray, a little perfume on it, and say, look at this sweet thing. But inside is a pile of poop. Ouch. And this is the problem with these bills, because the Equality Act, you know, like by having these trans men being able to compete against uh, girls is unfair. And there has been some Title IX lawsuits uh, regarding this. I'm not sure what the outcome is. Yeah. But, you know. This is terrible. And so I tell these liberal people, you got daughters and you vote for this stuff. Don't complain. Yeah. And, 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 and you no. know what? You're so right. And so it's what's in, in Tulsi Gabbard, Democrat, former um, presidential candidate. She you know, she right. introduced legislation in the House in December that presented prevented biological men from participating in female sports. A Democrat right. from Hawaii, right. liberal Hawaii, a liberal person. I didn't know that. So yeah, they, she's got some good views, but uh, unfortunately, when you're out in Hawaii, you have to be a Democrat in order to get in office. But I think she retired now. She's not in the Congress now. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're right, Jim. Jim thank you. Thank you so much for calling. Always um, a show. Appreciate you, brother. I, sure, you to do. be fair, though, people, I don't think people who, I, I think some did, but I, I think if I had to put a number on it, 50% of the people who voted for Biden, they really had no idea what it was he intended to do. And they didn't have any idea of what his views were on policy. They only knew that they hated Donald Trump. Correct. And so here we are now. Like I said earlier, Trump, Trump's gone. Um, you know, this hypocrisy is going to be exposed, and yeah. hopefully everyone's paying attention. I don't think this issue is partisan. I think that this is an issue yeah. that's going to touch everyone in a way where it's going to be a big wake-up call. I agree. And I think, I, I think you're going to see a, a growing coalition of, of just Americans who are saying, I, we, we gotta, let's, let's figure this out. You know, because I'm just, where are the feminists? Where the NOW, um, the, 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 I, I, I've heard really nothing from them. Wolf, uh, I don't know what the acronym it means, but there's a, somebody from Wolf who did have something to say about it. But, you know, hey. Is it an oxymoron? Yeah. Hey, DJ, hold the line. We, uh, we'll take your call when we return from break. Uh, you're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the president of Matrix Home Solutions, Nick Richmond. Hey, hey. That was kind of a tough subject, and I, I want to go to the phone. I, I told DJ I'd take his call when we return. DJ, welcome back to Black and Right. 
Hey guys, thanks for having me back, John. Uh, Nick, great to see you on the show. John, I got three quick things that I want to make sure that I tackle. Number one, reteaching. Um, what is this, communist China? I mean, who, who are these people to say that if just because you support an individual, you should have to go through some sort of retraining? Number one. Number two, as, as a conservative educator, I, I take great umbrage to people who say that we should be teaching specific morals or political beliefs in schools. Educators are not supposed to take a one-sided stance. Our right. job as educators is to ensure that we teach children and support the morals that are taught at home, but teach children how to effectively have discourse, which has gone right out the window. It's, and the third you can't piece talk to is each title. Other. Go ahead. No, the third piece is Title IX. Who does this president think he is to negate a federal law? Yeah, he's the president. And then, and then put school districts and administrators in a position. To, to have to face lawsuits. I'd like to know where where is Isby in this? Where's the governor's office in, in this? Where is IHSA in this? Yeah. Why are they not speaking up on behalf of the female students who are going to be negatively impacted as student athletes? Well, fine. That's what I got to say. Thank you so much for calling, DJ. Appreciate it. Um, sure. You know, it's, it's going to be tough. I, I, I just, I don't know. Let's, let's move on towards a, a, a more uplifting conversation <laughs> positive spin you know my my, my friend uh alicia benford who uh long time friend my my cpa for the last like 17 18 years now she gave me a call she said hey i got these friends they have this wine company you got to interview them she, she said they're not real political so don't 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 go too political with them i said hey that that will be a perfect break from talking about politics especially we're talking about wine sure. <laughs> you know um, so she said, Hey, they're going to call in. So I was like, okay. So James Hill, he's a CP. Listen to this. He's a CPA by day, but wine educator by night. Now I don't know too many and, and um, some, don't yell at me y'all, but I don't know too many wine educators that are black. I, d- I just don't. I, I saw a movie recently that came out about a, a guy that did this and James Hill, welcome to black and right for the first time. Hey, how are you? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So, Thanks for having me on. So explain, what is a wine educator? <clears throat> well, a wine educator is um, someone that's been, it's been trained that um, knows a little bit more than the average uh, about wines and can share that knowledge to other people um, because wine is a beautiful thing and there's a lot of misgivings out there uh, about wine, pretentiousness, and my job is to kind of bridge that gap so people can enjoy it in a more informed uh, fashion. And Taylor, is it, is it Boydston? Boydston? Yeah, Taylor Berkeley Boydston. And and you're with T. Berkeley Wines. Uh, now I I don't know about uh, you, you, Nick, but I I saw that you have a you had a cab on there. Um, so how, how how do you two work together in conjunction with one being the educator, the other one being the winemaker? Um, uh, well, Ty, Taylor, actually, James. James found uh, found me through the organization that he works with, the Chicago Parks Foundation. Oh, I'm a former Illinois resident uh, who has made his way out to California, and a number of years ago started my own uh, boutique wine brand, uh, bootstrap and everything. So, so winemaker, owner, janitor, uh, paper boy, you <laughs> name it. And the Chicago Parks Foundation reached out to do a uh, a joint tasting slash fundraiser of my wines wow. with their organization. And James was the one who facilitated the, um, the tasting that we did. Wow. So I, 
sent out a number of my wines to to uh, their members, and then we all got together over Zoom, as everyone's doing these days, and uh, had a really lovely evening uh, walking through the wines and talking about my wine making philosophies and, and the Chicago Parks Foundation's goals, and it was uh, yeah, it was excellent. So, Taylor, how, how did you get involved? I mean, what what you you left Illinois? Did you go to California to make wines? I mean, how, how, how did it come about that you wanted to go and become a winemaker? So I um, kind of stumbled into it. You know, I grew up in downstate Illinois outside of Peoria oh. um, in a family that, you know, had our favorite wine being beer or if you were my grandfather <laughs> bourbon. Uh, so don't have that background to support me. But, you know, I went to the University of Illinois and I got out in uh, May of 2008. So at the bottom of the financial crisis. Wow. And you know, didn't really know what to do with myself at that point. It wasn't really a time that um, young grads were, were looked on with anything more than uh, what we're going to do with you. So I actually worked, made my way to California uh, on a job with the National Park Service and AmeriCorps. So again, bringing it full circle to the Chicago parks. Yeah. They were very interested in that history. And when I was out there, I, I fell in love with the wine industry. Um, I'd, I'd had a little bit of experience drinking wine, as mm-hmm. you do, um, if you're <laughs> so inclined. Um, lived in Paris and Barcelona in oh. college, and they exposed me to wine over there. And then in California, I got to see that um, people who were, you know, as young and dumb as myself were also <laughs> making the product. And, you know, with, with my eyes being opened, I thought I would, I would see what I thought of that new industry I'd just been exposed to. Yeah. Landed a very chance job uh, in New Zealand, of all places. And... That experience, uh, spending two years there learning the art of farming, um, really got me hooked. And, and so I've managed to travel the world a bit and, and really let this love affair for wine blossom into a career, which is you know, the best you can hope for. Where do we find, the, where do we find your wine? Is it, where is it sold? So I have a, an online web store, as, as you do, as, a, as anyone has a good millennial Go ahead and give uh, it. business owner does. tberkeleywines.com. It's a okay. family name, so okay. B-E-R-K-L-E-Y. We dropped that third E that the university wants to throw in there. <laughs> I've got plenty of vowels. Um, and then I, uh, when we're allowed to host people again, I, I host people at the estate that I uh, manage in, in uh, Napa, California. What's the best uh, inexpensive red? Everyone likes a good inexpensive red they can load up on. So it's actually funny. Um, calling into the John Anthony show, John Anthony Vineyards is a, an operation. I know. Place, so, uh, I know. I mean, you must be uh, you must be cross invested at least I hope. <laughs> no, um, they they make some lovely lovely reds. Uh, so if you're looking for a, a nice mid range price one. They're large enough to be to be everywhere, uh, and and you can also you know sponsor by extension the host, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know I actually, actually um, when I I used to be in the Illinois General Assembly, and um, the the lady that I replaced actually sent me that John Anthony Vineyard wine um, when. I took on and got sworn into the position. So cool. I, I actually had it, so it's, it's pretty good. Now, here, here's a question. Now, you're, you're going to be doing a wine tasting for Alicia Benford coming up, correct? Yep, I am this Tuesday. So, you, so you're going to be there? Uh, well, in a fit of irony, I'm going to be in, in the state for the first time in a while, but oh. I'm, I'm not going to be in Chicago. I'm, going, uh, I'm heading back on Monday to see my family for a bit and then uh, have, a, have a truck that I purchased, and I'm driving a camper van. Uh, Come on! I wanted to meet a winemaker, California. I wanted to <laughs> well, meet a winemaker. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm planning to to do a bit more distribution sales in the state of Chicago. So hopefully this summer we'll uh, be able to do something. And and you know, I I I, re- I recall that at the governor's mansion, there's a wine day. 
uh, you may need to figure out uh, who you need to contact to see if your wine can be come on become a part of that day. I don't think they had it I'm last. Start making some phone calls. Yeah, I don't think they had it last year because I, I do recall. Uh, I went to three of them, I believe, where where the wine industry, I guess, would would bring in different wines. Uh, that's something you may want to look into. I'll tell you what, I'll sponsor. Uh, thank the, you for the John Anthony that's, Live that's at the T Berkeley Wines. Do you hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> Sponsored by yeah. Matrix. Let's go to Napa. <laughs> uh, James, James. So how, how did you, how did you guys come to know about uh, Malicia? Well, I'm CPA as well. Okay. And we're in the same industry, right? So I have known her for many, many oh, years. Oh, I'm scared. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so she's a great person, and she does a lot of great things in the community. Uh, she she's does. well-respected. I respect her. So anything I can do uh, to help her and her team yeah. uh, advance uh, what she's trying to do, I'm, I'm there. So yeah. that's the reason why I'm uh, helping with this wine event on Tuesday. Well, James and Taylor, I'm, I'm going to let you guys know that you you you, you – both single-handedly um, made me so much more comfortable because I, I was losing it on the show. <laughs> so I, I appreciate <laughs> this conversation because it, it, it brought my blood pressure down, I do believe. And uh, I'll also put your wine and in, in, in everything on my, my um, social media site so uh, people can know where to, where to reach out to you. Uh, James Hill, uh, Taylor Butts, Boydson, thanks so much for joining Black and Right. Thank you, John. Thanks, thanks for having us. See, that was that was calm, right? That calmed us down. Maybe you want to have a glass of wine, <laughs> but it calmed us down, right? Oh yeah. Um, oh, Alicia. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get you, Alicia. <laughs> Alicia sits in here a lot. She's a co-host of the show a lot, and I call her the queen. And if you ever meet her, you got to call her the queen. You know, she's, she was on recently, right? Uh, she hasn't been on in a while. She's a bum. That was okay. a babette that was on. Uh huh. Hey, you're listening to Black and White on AM five sixty. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with Nick Richmond. Coming up next, Sheriff. James Mendrick will be in studio. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. I'm cool, I'm calm, I'm relaxed now. We were talking about Cabernet and all that good stuff with uh, T. Berkeley Wines. Um, <laughs> what a pivot, right? Uh, te- talking about wine, then we're going to be talking with the sheriff. <laughs> I missed the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, last week, if you listened to the show, at the end of the show, I was talking with um, Sheriff, excuse me, James Mendrick, who had called in because we were talking about the police bill that had um, just passed. And I felt like we rushed the conversation. I feel like I didn't give him enough um, time to really expound on, on, on some of the things. So, uh, Sheriff Mendrick, welcome to to the studio. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Thank you so much. So, you know, we, we talked about last week about the bill that was passed. Um, I think it could have been worse. Uh, I think if they would have kept qualified immunity in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that now individuals can, can file complaints without having to uh, without the affidavit aspect, without having to, you know, sw- for perjury. If they, a lot of money in lawsuits coming down the pipe. I think, I think you are, um, because you and I both know, I, I, as I told you during the break, I served as a, sheriff, as a sheriff's deputy. And it's so easy to, you know, basically complain about anything with, a, with, with, with a, uh, uh, an officer or a deputy. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about that, Bill, and how do we make it better? Well, you know, for me, it's kind of a hard thing to deal with because I've been elected now for a little over two years. In two years, 
Uh, I don't have one use of force complaint from a citizen on anybody. So you're looking at a complaintless agency. And we're also the second biggest county in the state. We're almost a million people. We're second only to Cook. This sounds like it's more of a problem for Cook County and Chicago, but the broad brush is coming out. We're all being painted with it. Correct. And, you know, the problem is, is also, uh, you know, we have another big number is that throughout all of 2020, we managed to have zero COVID in our correctional facility. Wait, 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 wait. No complaints. No COVID. What are you doing over there? <laughs> a lot of stressing and worrying. Like yeah. I said in the break, uh, my hair's white. It, it was brown a year ago. I feel like this was a dog year uh, with COVID. It was yeah. like seven years all at once. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, And you have a great undersheriff. Oh, and, and under Sheriff Moore, Edmund Moore is a yeah, he's fantastic. he's amazing. I mean, just a great guy. But 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 how can that be replicated throughout um, the rest of 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 the Illinois? Well, that's exactly why I'm sitting here. Um, the House bill. See, the problem is, is uh, like with the cash bond, and uh, you know, pretty much a, a catch and release scenario for a lot of crimes, even burglary and stuff like that. Um, the problem is, is Eighty percent of the people who come into our correctional facility have been arrested are uh, on on some substance, you know, either alcohol or heroin is obviously really big. LSD's coming back, cocaine, crack, all that stuff is all rising big time. Uh, at a point during COVID, we're at four hundred percent just in overdoses. So when you're looking at the addiction rate, eighty percent come in addicted. So what we do is right off the bat we do a detox. We do medicated assistant treatment, wow. detox, uh, drug recovery programs. Uh, half of the people who are addicted are self-medicating for mental health issues. Yeah. And once we can peel off the addiction, because the addiction disguises the mental health issue. It does. So we peel off the addiction, then we start uh, psychological uh, therapies and treatments and all that kind of stuff. We have a full cadre of that. We have uh, all vocations, all denominations, uh, Muslim, Christian, Baptist, mm-hmm. uh, the whole deal. Uh, because religion and family is what we use to tie people mm-hmm. uh, to their, their family of, yeah. of reforming so we also do like a child book story program where um you know a kid could come in pick a a child's book the incarcerated person then reads it on video we give the book and the video to the family so they have that familial bond and then for christmas all the kids that participated in that uh there were donations made and we bought presents and then the incarcerated parents wrapped them then we delivered them to 51 children who were part of this program that keeps people wanting to improve themselves within a correctional facility then after that uh, we offer anger management, violence management. Uh, we do vocational training. So, the vo- yeah. If you just join us, we're talking with DuPage County Sheriff James Mendrick. Go ahead. I'm Thank sorry. Thank you. Uh, and then the vocations have turned out to be a really big thing for us. Uh, it turned out to be the answer to COVID. We started vocation training six months before COVID came, and then we changed our sanitation crews into COVID contagion control teams. I, I'll take the Pepsi challenge against anybody. I got the cleanest jail <laughs> in this nation. I mean, uh, it shines. Cotton swab. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> well, think about this, too. So uh, in the beginning, I, I'm a germaphobe. It, yeah. just, it is what it is. So back in January, I was stressing overseeing this happening overseas. So we had our HVAC ventilation system within the correctional facility also uh, modified to way beyond its normal capacity, so I have no particulate matter in the air. So yeah. clean air, clean jail, and I also have a vacant fourth floor that anybody new to the environment, even if they're not sick, goes for 15 days, observation, wow. then in the population. So that's how we've managed COVID. System. There's a system right. in place. So the janit- sanitation uh, is just one of our vocations. We're doing welding. Uh, we have some other sa- uh, things coming. And all these things are what we do with people instead of letting them go, because if you let them go, it's most likely they're going to... Re- be recidivists. Right. 
Um, we're gonna talk, we're gonna be talking more with. De- uh, I was gonna call you Deputy Sheriff <laughs> Sheriff James. <laughs> That's where I started. Sheriff James <laughs> Mendrick from DuPage County. But um, I- I'm so gra- grateful that you d- you decided to come into the studio because it's such a greater experience when you come to the studio. And I, when we come back, I want to know, and I'm, I'm sure Nick has some questions, but I want to know, how are you getting this out? Um, because you're doing so much that I had no idea DuPage County was doing. When we, when we come back from the break, I want you to go more into how are you getting the message out of what DuPage County Sheriff's is doing. Uh, you're listening to Black and White on AM560 Answer. I'm John Anthony. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the president of Matrix Home Solutions, Nick Richmond. Hey, hey. Are you having fun, man? You still having fun? I'm having a great time. I saw the sheriff coming. I wasn't sure (laughs) what we did. It made me a little nervous, but I'm feeling more comfortable. Wait, why is the cop here? I'm from Flint, Michigan, so, you know, every now and then I Uh, I see an officer, and I I think maybe I should start running. But but before the break, we were talking with um, DuPage County Sheriff James Mendrick. Um, You guys are doing, you guys are going way above and beyond what... A sheriff or sheriff's department. I don't know if you call yourself a department office. office. Yeah, my sheriff, my former sheriff, Randy, you say we're an office. We're not a department. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, you guys are going way above and beyond what a normal sheriff's office would do because most of the time it's just, you know, you, you, you enforce the law, you, you lock people up, you detain them for court. Then you also have the court side where you have to run the court side. How are you getting out what you're doing to the masses? Because to me, it sounds like what you're doing, and Ron Hang is another one over in Kane friend County. Of mine. I trained him. I was a yeah, field training really. officer 24 years ago. Sheriff Haynes is <laughs> Sheriff Haynes another one who's a doing great it. guy. Yeah, great he, he really is. Uh, Barbara Lynn. Barbara uh, Lynn is, I, I couldn't do my job without Barbara Lynn. He's the yeah. best prosecutor I've ever worked with. Um, you know, but this this reform bill will affect him quite a bit because. Where Bob Berlin's hard work always was a deterrent for criminals to come out here, um, this reform bill will will stop a lot of that. You yep. know, we're already at thirty five percent of our jail uh, population is from Cook County. Wow! Uh, and that dynamic has started last year really wow. heavy. Uh, I think this reform bill would make that much worse. And also, you know, we even go as far to give three full suits to people who finish our vocational programs and get them jobs and all that kind of stuff. So you're telling me people eighty percent of them are addicted, and it's better to say just uh, we're going to arrest you process you, you're still going to come back for a court date and have a penalty, but now just go back onto the streets where you're most likely going to go back into those same people, do the same things, addictions, uh, and then you're going to make bad choices, bad behavior again, and probably have different charges to go with you by the time you get to court. When instead, where, and you know, you're talking about poverty, right? So if you don't have a lot of money, you don't have insurance probably, you don't have a lot of means to right. get to vocational training or anger management. So you're getting all those services that you can't get anywhere else, and we're developing, reforming people. What I think would be the, the rule, what they should do with this House bill, is say, you still have cash bond if you don't do all of these things that we're doing. If you do these reformative right. efforts, then you can keep your cash bond because then it keeps them into an environment where they're being treated. Point. And What they're doing to us is going to turn us into a punitive inst- institution. That's where I moved away from. I didn't want to be a punitive institution where just mushrooming people and they come out the same or worse when they get out. Mm-hmm. We are doing so much. And I even have, I have letters from at least 
50 people who are incarcerated that say things like, uh, I'd be dead right now from an overdose if I didn't get arrested and was not in your custody. Wow. It changed my way of thinking. You know, this program for men and women turns their lives around, becomes citizens. I mean, these are all people who are incarcerated. These aren't bad people. They're good people who made a bad choice. We, and yes. We were able to take these people and make them successful again. Yeah. And that's really what any, anybody who did that house bill, you're telling me that they wouldn't believe in the ideology of what we're doing and that yeah. this system isn't a better fix. That's why I wish we would have been brought to the table. If I could yeah. have input this and had this in that yeah. House bill, this could have been a powerful bill that would have had really meaningful reform. Yeah. No, Sheriff, it's amazing what you're doing. I, this is the first I've heard of this, and I love it. It's right up my alley. I think it's important that we do a deep dive to help people and not just you know, throw them back into the wolves because right. at the end of the day, it's only going to compound itself and yeah. get worse and worse. I'm from Flint, Michigan. I saw a lot of nasty things there. People were mistreated. There's no doubt about it, but what you're doing is amazing. What, what's the success rate? How many people, I mean, how often are you seeing people coming back versus, you uh, know? That's the, the whole thing is that all these people who wrote these letters, I've got just tons of, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, those are all people are now uh, employed. Employment's a really big thing. And we also do a thing called reentry, where we have a reentry specialist that follows people outside mm-hmm. the jail after they leave. Wow. Make sure the home environment is going to be good. You know, don't have beer in the fridge. Maybe, you know. Who's there? Are the same people that they were doing heroin with still there? Uh, if the home can't be made safe, we try to find alternate housing for them right. because that's very important. Again, it's just mm. like the catch and release. You yeah. don't throw them back to the walls and just say, good luck. Yeah. You have to make sure they're still going to AA and the Drugs Anonymous and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you really have to stay engaged with people. We also do medicated assistance treatment like Vivitrol where yeah. it's a shot. It's a suspended solution. So a month after you leave the jail, heroin can't get you high. It, it, it covers the receptor. And then we do two follow-ups. What over don't the three you do? Uh, we, this is this is my. I really am in this. I'm really into the mental health industry too. My wife is a psychiatric services nurse. Uh, I have a child with autism, so I, I don't think until you have a developmental disorder or something like that come into your home, you, you, a lot of times you can't understand what families are challenged come with. On. With you know everything from addictions to mental health to yes. people who won't act the way you would expect them to, and you have to look at alternative approaches. So. That's one of the reasons why when I was in the General Assembly, I really got behind the criminal justice reform movement. Because what you said earlier, sometimes people just have a bad day. And, that, and, and, and I, I used, look, I can say it now because I'm not there anymore. But there were times when I would, I could have arrested somebody. And I looked mm-hmm. at them and I realized that if I arrested this person, I would destroy this person's life. Great point. And I didn't arrest them. I had DUIs. People I've got arrested for DUIs. And you know what? To this day, I have this, this same person will come. Anytime I see this person, they look at me. And they almost get to tears because they realize I could have ruined their life, but I didn't. Right. And I think I, think I love that type of policing where the sheriff and the under sheriff, I, I get it. You know, not, not you know, somebody that wants to commit some egregious crime. No. Right. But give those officers that lateral, that, that discretion to make some of those decisions. You know, I think we'd have better policing. I agree. And, you know, a, a big portion of what we do is we're the lead of the trainer trainers in de-escalation. Wow. We're talking with DuPage Sheriff James Mendrick. Uh, I'm going to hold you for this last segment. Great. I'm sorry. Happy to be here. Sorry. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> you, you're great, man. Uh, you listen to Black and Right. John Anthony. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and White with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. 
Welcome back to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio with the president of, the, of Matrix Home Solutions, Nick Richmond, and DuPage County Sheriff James Mendrick. You're, you're such a breath of fresh air in policing criminal justice reform because you get it. You live through it. Uh, and you come from a time probably policing where you shouldn't believe what you're believing right now. 25 years ago, I started on Midnight Patrol. I've been with the same agency. I've done every job there. And, yeah, it's, it's been a, a big change. I, again, I, I got to stress having, uh, you know, some, some of these things affect my family personally yeah. has changed my mind. When I was an early rookie, I probably didn't think the same way. Yeah. I, I was more lock them up. Yeah. But things in your life change you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, four years ago, we started de-escalation uh, training. It's uh, videotaped. Uh, method actors come in. Uh, it's reviewed. We measure decibel levels, flexion, the gestures. Are you clenching your hands? I got a question for you. Yeah. Has anybody from the Black, uh, the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus come to any of that meeting or, see, or seen that? No, and I would love to have somebody there. From, come on, LG. That, that would be wonderful. I would love to show everybody. See, we're so proud of what we do because yeah. we're doing a good job. We've trained almost 750 officers in the last four years in de-escalation. We're the train the trainers at Two-Page County Sheriff's Office. Yeah. If there's anybody that's listening from the governor's office in the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus, please reach out to Sheriff James Mendrick from DuPage. Now, I want to I talk about, I want to I shift it a little bit. Chicago, 100, I think you gave me a new number. Yeah, I, I've been told uh, since the beginning of the year, first year, around 166 carjackings, and they average about six carjackings per day. It's becoming an epidemic. Oh, mm. And it's now pushing its, uh, its way out towards DuPage, Kendall and and, and 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 Kane County and those areas now because that be, why well, and what do we do with it? So you know, I'll be honest with you. Again, I have to go back to this bill that even though it's not in effect yet, once uh, people like those words uh, was a dog whistle. Uh, <laughs> that that is a dog whistle for criminals yeah. saying that guess what you're not going to get in trouble. It anymore. rings the bell, and, and then then you're going to have more of that. We again we have 35 percent of our people in our correctional facility now are from uh, uh, Cook County. Uh, Naperville and Elmhurst have just recently had uh, carjackings at like 10 a.m. and noon. So you, know, you get people going to church, you're going to get that type of people. So, I mean, people have to be very cognizant that it's changing. A lot of this talk and, you know, the more this is uh, uh, publicized that this bill is going to let people off, the more people are just going to assume that, hey, even if I do something now, by the time I get prosecuted for it, you know, the, all the rules are going to be different anyway, so I'm not going to really get in any trouble. And we're starting to see a spike in crime because of that. Wow. I noticed a lot of, at least from my view, casing, even right in Arlington Heights where I live, a lot of, a lot of individuals going door to door, soliciting with no permit, with no wow. identification. Yeah, that's a good way to case. Um, you know, and I'm from Flint, so obviously I can smell that a mile away. <laughs> but they're around the corner watching, watching people's patterns and their, and their habits and and that's when they strike. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. And, you know, to go back to what we were talking about earlier. So in, in scenario A, uh, we catch that carjacker, uh, process them, and then release them under the new bill. Or scenario B, our scenario, arrested. Now you're going in. If you're on dope, we're going to find that out. We're going to detox you. Then we're going to start that whole other cadre all the way from beginning to end. So you take the carjackers who were a threat and are going to do recidivism. Now you're fixing them and you're removing the threats. Sh- Sheriff. I'm telling you, I, I really hope someone from the governor's office or someone from the either either Chicago Black Caucus or the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus reaches out to you because uh, we, we got 30 seconds, but you are doing what they want to right. see and they don't realize it, I believe. If we were all in the room and weren't talking politics, we would all agree on the reformative model that we're doing. There's no way you could say 
that we're not doing the right thing when there's so much feedback from the people that are actually being fixed and they're back with their families, they're working. Yeah. There you have it. DuPage County Sheriff James Mendrick, thank you so much for coming back in. I really, and, and I, I'm glad I did because I think you were able to explain this in a way that no, that most probably can't. Nick Richmond, president of Matrix Home Solutions, thanks for joining me thanks in studio. Me. I want to thank Ryan Rhodes and all of the guests, the other guests, T. Berkeley Wines, go out and, and, and solicit. You should have missed that part. <laughs> you missed it. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, we'll see you next week. Uh, John Anthony, Black and Right, I'm out.